is up, Light Tribe? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. My name is Danny, your host, and today we are talking with Cam Nelson. So Cam is a highliner. So picture a slack line really, really high up in the air. <laughs> He's also an athletic performance coach, a redefiner of limitations, and a bridge builder. Uh, he is a friend and a fellow truth seeker and also brother that I met in fit for service. And so we have a really amazing conversation today. And I encourage you to stick around for the full thing, because there are nuggets of wisdom and help and personal development that was sprinkled throughout this whole thing. We kick it off with really, really a, a vulnerable share and something that, um, you know, I think that everybody has in their life and in their family. And, you know, there's healing and trauma to be, to be looked at and discussed. So I encourage you to listen to that. And then also we go into psycho cybernetics. And so this, this little servo mechanism that we have and how, if we figure out what we want, the universe will do its thing to help us get it. So long as we figure out what we want. And so we talk about Cam's story and how he got into fit for service and where he is today and about the manifesto that he wrote and read daily and how his life started to unfold and started to meet those things that he wrote in his manifesto. So we talk about those things. He also has a program coming out called the athletic performance accelerator, and it's how it uses slack, slack lining, high lining as a metaphor for athletic performance. And it's absolutely, it's so intriguing and so spot on and like I, I'm really excited that we have this conversation today because I think it's a great metaphor for almost anything in life. Um, what else can I tell you? I mean, we talked about the mind, body, spirit, and how it's connected to athletic performance and into life. We talk about the masculine and the feminine and the sacred union and how sort of what we were both been learning through fit for service, how it starts to trickle out. And that is actually the lessons that we have needed in our everyday life. So this was an incredible episode, an incredible conversation and stick around to the end because he drops some great um, advice at the end about breaking through limitations in the stories that we tell ourselves. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it and talking to Cam and, um, yeah, enjoy the ride, everybody. I'll see you on the next one. And this episode is brought to you by Conscious Champion, my coaching business and baby. So Conscious Champion is a 12-week masterclass designed to help you discover and become aligned with your highest mental, physical, and spiritual self. So originally, this course was designed for bodybuilders to help them get out of their body and get connected to a healthy mindset in the universe inside and outside of them. And after running this course a couple times, I am now realizing that I don't think this course is just for athletes. I think it's for every, everybody and anybody who has a mind, body, and spirit and who wants to live a little more consciously connected and in alignment. And so just to give you a little overview of this course, it's a 12 week journey together where we meet once a week, every week. And during our team calls, either I'll be leading the call and we'll be talking about the universe or chakras or energy, or I have experts coming in to talk about mind, body, and spirit. So I've had people come in and talk about gut health, talk about nutrition, astrology, business, mindset, manifesting, and the list goes on and on. And so other than the team calls, I also have course content, which includes all of the guest speakers from the last three rounds, over a hundred videos of me talking about mindset through bodybuilding, um, 
and yoga and meditation videos. So this is a course that is huge and it continues to grow and grow each and every time that I run it. And so this will be the fourth fourth time that I launch it and it'll be in February, 2022. So if you have any interest at all in joining Conscious Champion, I would love nothing more than to see you on team, team calls and to help you become aligned with your spirit, your mind and build a better body. So please message me on Instagram at danny.reardon or email me at ifbbdanny at gmail.com. And I will be more than happy to set up a connection call with you and see if it's a good fit for both of us. All right, everybody enjoy the podcast. Damn, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's um, an honor to be here. Good. I'm so excited that we're recording today and talking about all this stuff. So um, everybody, I have Cam with me. I met him through Fit for Service, which we'll get into in just a minute. Uh, he is a redefiner of limitations, a builder of bridges, a psychonaut, truth seeker, friend, highliner. Uh, and we're going to get into all that today. So I'm, I'm really excited to bring this person to you, um, fellow brother of mine. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how we met in Fit for Service and like his journey getting into that. And the idea behind sharing these stories with you is that it'll be medicine for you as it was medicine for both of us getting into this program. Um, and so, yeah, let these words just sort of sink in and let's go for it, Cam. Tell me about last December. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Where to begin with last December? Hmm. Because honestly, if I look back at last December, last December could go, yeah, fuck it. All right. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so last December goes as far back as the beginning of pandemic. So in March of 2020, I, the world shut down right? We all had this experience of being told to either like stay inside, distance ourselves from others, um, not leave our homes, uh, except for like essential necessities. And at the time I had moved to Austin back in May of 2019 uh, to train it on it and to get connected with Aubrey Marcus and just meet the whole community and and medicine that Austin had to offer me. So I was living in Austin and then fast forward to March of 2020, the job that I had in the service industry closed. I had just moved to a new house two weeks before uh, the pandemic officially started. And then the gym that I moved out to Austin for closed and Those three things just shook up my whole sense of routine and stability and just the tools that I had for understanding myself. And I slipped into a lot of old patterns that I had as a kid growing up when things were really uncomfortable at night when I would see my dad drink every night. Um, and, And those coping mechanisms and those patterns look like spending a lot of time 
uh, masturbating, watching pornography, escaping mm -hmm. into social media and different forms of media, uh, eating food that didn't really enhance my energy, that only felt good in my mouth, but didn't make my body feel good, mm -hmm. and then smoking wheat. So I would just mm -hmm. like fall into these circular patterns um, and not really feel like there was much of an escape and then go to bed and then wake up just kind of in the same tune, following the same patterns. And I did that for two weeks um, up until the beginning of May before I was like, I can't fucking live this way. Like I can't do this any longer. And thankfully my insurance covered telehealth services. So I got a therapist and a life coach. I paid for the life coach separately. He's his own separate deal. Um, but yeah, I had these two forms of support to help me get through this time that I was just escaping and not being present with what was real for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the therapist helped me look at my past and my present and the life coach helped me look at my present and my future and like really build the bridge between like what the future I wanted to create for myself was where I was in the present and like what was necessary to, yeah, put that bridge together and start taking those steps. Um, and then around the same time, I developed my own podcast called The Line to Mastery. And I started taking steps in that direction. So, wow, we're, we're going like really deep into it. I'm going to circle back. But <laughs> Love it. Uh, back in May uh, of 2020, so two months into about a month and a half into the, the therapy, the life coach, the podcast, um, I was on a phone call with my dad and I was just mentioning how therapy was going really great. I was like able to start unpacking and looking at my traumas. And that was something that really triggered him. And he didn't really have the emotional capacity to hold mm -hmm. at the time. So he uh, perceived me saying trauma is in like my whole childhood and life was traumatic. And um he was triggered and he hung up the phone and we didn't talk for three months from May until August right. and August 8th of 2020, uh, I ended up doing this mushroom ceremony for the lion's gate. And that was an eight gram mushroom ceremony. So eight, eight, 2020 with eight grams of mushrooms. Um, and good. yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at that time, um, within the mushroom ceremony, there were a lot of things that came through, but one of the really big ones was that it was time to go back home and talk with my dad and, um, ended up going back home and well, I'm about to share something that I haven't shared on a podcast before. Um, so yeah, it's, it's part of my truth though. And, and I feel like it's really necessary to share because I'm sure there's other people that are having their own very interesting family dynamics and shadows and secrets that aren't being brought to light within their family. And I went back home, connected with my mom and my dad, my folks are separated. And uh, at the time I was, I was driving with my mom and I asked her very playfully, what's something I don't know about dad? And she said it wasn't her place to say. And then I just started guessing stuff. And like every single guess I had uh, was a no up until I said he has another kid. And then she was silent. And 
I knew that was the answer uh, right away, just because of how quickly she was saying no to things. Um, and long story short, I ended up finding out from my mom, excuse me, that my dad had another kid when he was 20. And uh, just because of a lot of the logistics that I don't feel are appropriate to share on the podcast, um, his family ended up just paying child support for 18 years and had no involvement really outside of like financial involvement in this kid's life. So I found out that I have a half brother that was 17 years older than me, pretty much 17, 18. Um, and I was told by my mom with the caveat of this information that I wasn't able to tell my dad and I wasn't able to tell my sister. Mm -hmm. So I went through this experience of holding the truth within myself um, for a few months. And uh, yeah, let's just stop that there. And then coming back to December, I uh, ended up sitting with another member of Fit for Service who serves um, this medicine called Bufo uh, or 5-MeO-DMT. And I had my first Bufo ceremony. It was really powerful. Um, it dissolved my ego and really took me back to source energy, to my soul and to the feeling of like what my purpose is and the emanation and expression of my star in this lifetime. And um, like long story short around that, it was just profound downloads towards the cultivation of highline performances with different electronic artists. But the, the main North star, as far as an artist go, it goes is Odessa. And I've been feeling into that for like two and a half, almost three years now. And um, sitting with Bufo really just like help me release a lot of the self-doubts, the fears, the limitations around that, that my ego was attached to. And it was just like, no, dude, this is just like, this is who I am. This is the expression of my soul. Um, and then a few weeks later, I ended up hopping on a call with Claire Spencer, who is, um, I'm not sure what her affiliation is, like what her title is within Fit for Service, but she's fucking involved. She's like super involved and she brings new members in. What was crazy is that I met her two years ago at this form of bodywork training in Phoenix. So I've known Claire for well before even getting into Fit for Service. Mm -hmm. And she was just mentioning how there was an MMA fighter who got sponsored by Cash App uh, to go through Fit for Service. And um, she was like, it's $500 to save your spot. And then you just have to pay $4,500 before we end up meeting in Costa Rica for the Divine Feminine Summit. I was like, okay, you know what? I just happen to have a check right here for $500. Uh, I don't know how I'm gonna make this work out, but if that dude was able to do it, I can do it. Um, so I paid for, for service right away. Uh, at least that first like $500 deposit. And I was like, okay, let's fucking go. Um, did you I know had, what you were committing to? Or did you just, did it just feel like the right kind of people to be around? I knew what I was committing to because fit for service was on my radar from the very beginning. I'd already okay. applied twice. Okay. Um, so this was year three. Uh, 
but yeah, it just, it wasn't the right fit the first two years. And I kind of conveyed like that. I didn't have financial resources at all to pay for it in the first two years. Mm -hmm. And then I can conveyed that again, um, the third year, but I was like, I'm willing to figure something out, make it work out. Um, but one of the benefits of training it on it was like, I was already in connection with a lot of the people that were organizing fit for service. Um, and, and living in Austin. So just like that was, that was pivotal for me. I feel on the cultivation of fit for service. And then December 31st of 2020, I wrote a manifesto for myself as if December 31st of 2021 had already happened. And uh, the way it started off was, holy shit. Um, 2021 has been the most pivotal year of my life and 2022 feels like it is just the beginning of what I am creating in this lifetime. And, um, and then I wrote, I have successfully completed a full year of fit for service. And for like the first six months of the year, I haven't really connected with it that much lately, but like pretty much the first six months of the year, I read that every single day. And then like fast forward a few weeks into January, one of the members of Fit for Service uh, called me, his name's Stephen Fielding. He's a fucking elder. He's, yeah, he's a wizard and an elder. And he said that there was a member that paid for another member to go into this plant medicine ceremony in Austin around the fatherhood wound. And it was happening in February, uh, like third week of February. So he said, if I wanted to, it was, it was on the table. Like I could just come. And I was like, yes, fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and around the same time, my sister ended up calling me, letting me know that she knew about our half brother, that she had hired a PI, that she found out from our uncle. Um, and what was crazy is like, my uncle told her with the caveat that she couldn't tell me and she couldn't tell my mom. So she had about a week uh, of not sharing this information um, with anyone and just keeping it to herself until my mom saw how sick she was. And she was like, what the, like, sit down and tell me what the fuck is up with you. And yeah, I share all this because as a family, we collectively had this experience of suppressing the truth and I witnessed how it manifested into like all of us experiencing our own form of disease, Mm. uh, dis-ease within the whole process. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really crazy to witness and just like this beautiful reflection of like, it makes you sick when you don't speak your truth and you try to just like brush these things under the rug. Um, because then they come roaring back with like an even greater intensity than you could possibly imagine. So I figured there was no better time after going through that fatherhood wound ceremony weekend than to go back home and see my dad. So I booked a flight for the following Thursday. Uh, So like four days after the fatherhood wound ceremony to just um, come back home, bring awareness to my dad that I knew about this other kid that he had. And 
not going to really get into the fatherhood wound ceremony that much. It was, it was profound though, pivotal and like exactly where I was supposed to be. Mm. And uh, what was crazy is I was like highlining on the Monday after the fatherhood wound ceremony. And I was doing this thing that I had never done before, uh, trying to get myself back on the line. And I was holding onto the leash and I was like thrusting my hips and my legs onto the line. And at one point at the top of the bounce, uh, my legs slipped off of the line and I'm still like hanging underneath the leash. So I'm like hanging underneath the line just a few feet because that's how long my leash is. But somehow either the leash got wrapped around my fingers or the vibration from falling down uh, with the leash hitting my fingers uh, made them fracture. So like I wasn't able to use this tool of the high line, which in a way I was using to escape some of the things happening in my life um, for almost six months, honestly. So I haven't really been able to train too much this year, but just the timing of like fatherhood wound ceremony, fracturing my fingers and then flying back home three days later and seeing my family. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just a really profound and really interesting time in my life. And without getting into all the details, I ended up meeting my half brother that trip, like the day before I was supposed to leave. And um, yeah, that, that was really impactful. And yeah, there's, there's just like, there's so many details to this and I don't think they're really appropriate. Um, but to just finish off that last piece, there was a member of Fit for Service that let me come out the following week after I got back to Austin to stay with her in West Virginia at her cabin out in the woods. And she just gave me like a week to process and heal. And like, she ended up going and leaving for a few days. So I had the property to myself and I got to just like sit with my emotions and with the pain and everything that had come up. And I circle back to all this because if it wasn't for fit for service, I wouldn't have had these opportunities to, that supported me in this very uh, profound and um, what felt like monumental aspect and initiation of like this rite of passage going from boyhood again into manhood. And that's just one of many fucking examples that Fit for Service has like supported me this year and, and changed my life. Thank you for sharing that, Cam. That was really beautiful and healing. Yeah. And it's amazing to, to see the timing. Like you applied the two years prior and it didn't really work out. And then this information came up in your life and then here comes Fit for Service to sort of help you work through that. It just feels like really divinely timed. Yeah, this everything, honestly, this whole year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I can look at so many different experiences this year and things that have come out of Fit for Service and um, the summits. And it's just like so many things have come full circle to where I could like go back in time three years and let 23 year old Cam like know what was up. And he would be like, what the fuck? Really? Like, <laughs> you created that you wanted it and you created it um like what was crazy and and i'm happy to transition into something else after this if you want but my first day 
in Austin, I went to this talk at the Paramount Theater that Aubrey Marcus and Gary Vaynerchuk had. And in cue, the poet opened up for Aubrey Marcus and Gary. And he shared some of his poems. And then in Austin, when we had the Divine Masculine Summit this year, um, the first thing that we did was an NQ workshop, like poetry workshop that he walked us through. And I ended up having the opportunity to share my poem on stage in front of everyone in fit for service and with NQ. And it's just like two years later, that was coming full circle for me from my first moment of getting into Austin and even seeing Aubrey. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to see things come full circle because then it just validates the power of the universe kind of. It's like, wow, this stuff really does work. Like it's almost shocking when you see your poem and your manifesto in living like you're living your reality. Uh super super cool and powerful. Um and it's interesting that so okay, so you went through divine feminine, masculine and sacred union. And if I and then maybe the story went like this. So during divine feminine you had the time to go sit and sort of be in that space of healing and then you had divine masculine show up like with the fit for service stuff mm -hmm. yeah so in my experience with the whole year and the course curriculum the lessons that i was learning in my life were completely paralleled with what we were like quote unquote focusing on that trimester so like divine feminine those lessons were a lot of like surrender trust release and and that's what was happening in my life and then mm -hmm. uh the divine masculine was like build structure support stabilize and uh, at the time i was building my coaching program the athletic performance accelerator i was um, building out a forerunner that I had just purchased, uh, so that I could live out of it and transition from Austin to Boulder. Um, because I've been feeling this call that in order to cultivate the visions into reality that have been coming through me, um, it's going to require living in Austin part-time of the year and like Colorado, the other, other portion of the year. So I wanted at least this year to get a taste of what that would look like. And uh, I was super fortunate because I was able to actually stay with some people from Fit for Service out in Boulder and not pay rent for two months, just like sleep out of my car and then use their amenities. Like the, just the points of evidence and support that Fit for Service has offered me this year is just, yeah, it's endless. And I feel like... Um, it's just going to keep going and growing. And yeah, like this is just the start. And it's kind of like the types of people that fit for service attracts too. It's like people who are kind of all on this journey of writing manifestos and wanting to better themselves and like dig into the wounds and the traumas and build and create and surrender. It seems like that's the kind of people that it attracts. And then, so that's like the ripple that it affects out, especially when a person is in need that's in the tribe, it's like, oh, of course. You know, it's like these people are out there to come in and like play with us kind of and help us create, you know, and heal and do all the things. So it's it's really interesting to hear the parallels in your life. And now Sacred Union, I know I'm experiencing that a ton, even with a lot of the 
um, clients that I have, we're always talking about balancing the masculine and feminine. Cause in the bodybuilding world, a lot of people are so masculine energy and it's not a bad thing. It helps them be really good athletes, but what they don't realize is like creating the space and creating the yin energy and the slowdown and the stillness. Um, so I, I noticed the same thing, like lots of parallels in my own lessons. And then in everybody that sort of I'm around and impacting, it's been, uh, really cool. So can we talk a little bit about highlining? I want to know, like, for people who don't know what highline or slackline is, I mean, you're kind of like in between like peaks, right? Like mountain type stuff. Yeah, I think one of the easiest ways for a lot of people to mentally visualize it is that it's a tightrope. Um, but instead of being made out of like a steel cable or wire, we're walking strips of webbing that are made out of like polyester or nylon or like Dyneema or a blend of the two. And um, yeah, sometimes like we'll go to the park and set them up in between trees. So that's slack lining and mm -hmm. it's just a few feet off the ground. And then uh, there's something called water lining too, which is just like that, but over water. So if you fall, you fall into water. Um, and water lining is a trip because the ground is water. So it's moving underneath you. And then you have the refractions from the sun bouncing off of the water coming back at you. So you have the sun beating down on you in one direction and then coming back up to you in the other direction. Ah. And it's just like water lining is a whole another mental trip. And then you take it even higher and you have a harness and a leash and you go in between canyons and you build these really strong anchors and then you have highlining and that's a whole nother mental trip because then you're like hundreds of feet in the air and your nervous system and your brain thinks like it just it thinks you're gonna die initially until you start to train it and show it that like this feels like death and kind of in a way it's a simulated death every time I fall but like there's a lot of beauty in falling and getting myself back up and just like mm. the metaphor is there. But yeah, anyways, um, that's, that's a little piece of highlining. In between canyons for people who didn't hear that canyon. So like hundreds of feet up in the air. So you're on a little tight rope. Yeah. We're building bridges, building bridges. I love it. And redefining limitations. So, mm -hmm. okay. So tons of metaphors there. So can we talk a little bit about the metaphors with slacklining in life? Because you just kind of alluded to some of them, but I think there are, and even like what it takes for your nervous system to, to be able to be calm in places like that. And then how that's related outside of uh, slacklining, like into life, like when situations happen. Yeah. So one of the biggest metaphors that I've taken from, especially highlining is getting on big high lines. So let's say you're on a high line and like, this is a matter of perspective now, because this in relation to the world record high lines is not that big, but for someone like you or most of the listeners that have no idea what high lining is, what I say now will be a big line, but imagine a football field, like, and it's the length of a football field, but it's a inch wide. And that is like a, a decently sized high line. And so the metaphor that I got that really changed my life in many ways was scooting out onto a big high line like that. 
and telling myself that it doesn't matter how many times I fall, uh, I will continue to get myself back up and get to the other side. So the lesson being like we set our destination and it's just a matter of course correction, being willing to pick ourselves back up when we fall and, and learning how to stand back up and keep taking steps is what's one of the most valuable lessons in this whole human experience. Mm. And yeah, the, the high line, especially big high lines have just been one of the most beautiful perspective shifts for me uh, in relation to that. And of the longest line I've gotten on so far is 520 meters. And I think that took me about 15 falls. Like there's people that can walk that without falling. Um, I'll definitely be one of them one day. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, anyways, just the whole process of standing up, taking steps, falling, surrendering to that falling, getting yourself back up, standing up, taking steps, like rinse and repeat. That's, that's the process of, of highlighting. And so much of that whole process applies to life. Like that applies to anything that you want to do. Like getting frustrated, right? Like I'm sure it doesn't help when you fall and get pissed off at yourself and frustrated to get back up there. You probably fall even quicker. So like, what's that process? Like when you feel the frustration and, and that's like with life too, like a lot of people, they're on a path to something and they fall, you know, and then the frustration comes. So like, what do you do about that? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a few things you can do. You can like really let that beat you down and, um, attach that to your worth and the way that you perceive yourself, mm -hmm. which I feel is kind of the default for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. um, or you can just like take a pause and, and take a breath and take a moment where you're not trying to stand back up and you're not trying to take steps. And the only thing you're focused on, on is like centering yourself. Um, and then maybe it's just like, that's your session for the day. Like those are the lessons that you need to experience in that day. You know, we're not always going to have days where we feel amazing and it's just very easy to walk and send the line. Like there's going to be days where like the lesson for you is humility and, and knowing that like, you're not always going to get it right. And you're not always going to crush and there's beauty in all of it. Definitely especially if you look at it like a metaphor, like if you look at it like a whole learning lesson, like it's not just getting to the other side, it's like the whole journey to get there is full of lessons and metaphors. It almost makes it that much more curious. Like when you do fall and you do get triggered and like, it's like a spiritual journey across canyons. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really cool about high learning is like, so slack mining, I feel is incredible for balancing mind and body um and like it definitely activates a bit of your soul but like when you go out into nature and you do this like hundreds to thousands of feet high in the air and you're not really around many people like that's when i feel the sport really allows the soul to shine through mm. i love that i love it um yeah. What's, what else? We had a really cool, and then now you're, you're relating slackline to athletic performance, but almost any athletic performance, right? It's like, doesn't just have to do with slacklining or, or highlining. It's kind of 
can be applied to anything. Yeah, for sure. So I ended up um, creating this program called the Athletic Performance Accelerator. And when I first started to create it, I went on some market research calls with 10 different athletes, um, like one highliner, one professional cliff jumper, uh, base jumper, climber, um, someone that like professionally did ballet for 20 years, um, a retired UFC fighter, an MMA fighter that at the time when he was at his peak, he was like number two in the world at his weight class, uh, a retired NFL uh, lineman, just like all different types of people, just getting really clear, all different types of athletes, getting clear as to like what their struggles were, the trials and tribulations that come up, um, what things went well, uh, their fears, their anxieties, and kind of just got really clear as to like what they go through when it comes to being an athlete and performing and uh, how they take care of their minds. And with all this data and this information, I created a timeline, essentially like a transformation timeline, and then got really clear as to where they were, where they wanted to be, um, and then used the framework of the high line. So just breaking it down into five modules, module one being uh, putting your gear together before you even go out to the spot that you're going to set up a line. Uh, and that's all about visioning, like where, what you want your life to be, how do you want to show up? Um, and then module two was like actually building your anchors, tagging your line across. So we'll end up using like a piece of paracord or a thinner rope to fill the gap that the line is going to be in. And then once that gap is filled, you end up sending the webbing over uh, to the other side and pulling it across. So having two teams, one sending it out and then the other one pulling it. And that's how we get the line across. And so for that, that's all about like the routines and rituals that you have like day in and day out, being able to see like every single day as a different season um, or the seasons in every single day. And then module three is about the process of like learning to stand and fall and get yourself back up and then eventually start to take steps. That's all about like course correction and nervous system regulation. And then module four is sending the line. And that's all about embodiment and really bringing everything from like the ether and, and your mind here into your heart and your body and utilizing that as a way to be more of a mindful performer. And then module five is all about taking the line, line down and bringing the lessons home. And yeah, that's, that's uh, the athletic performance accelerator, but I use the framework of the high line as a way to convey the lessons and, and the tools that I felt as an athlete and a performer, I needed a few years ago. And um, then I was able to validate a lot of those ideas just based off of the market research that I did with other athletes. Love it. Love it. I want my conscious champions to hear about all that because it's such a cool metaphor and it speaks to intentionality and then your rituals and doing the work and embodiment and then taking and like wrapping up that whole thing and taking it home with you. I think it's like so all encompassing and it's such a beautiful metaphor. And it's when you see a high line and you can picture it all, like it's very metaphorical and very profound because you are so high up in the air. So it's almost like an extreme example that gets you 
really thinking actually. Um, I love it. I'm obsessed with it actually. Like I'm excited when you talk about it. Uh, and then you also kind of bring in psycho, psycho cybernetics with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about how you weave that into the athletic performance stuff? Yeah. So psycho cybernetics is all about the study of how we have like computers, these servo mechanisms that when programmed with a destination will stop at nothing to bring to fruition that destination. So let's say you have, um, the goal to get first at the Olympia, um, your subconscious mind will bring up the shadows, the synchronicities, the people, the opportunities that will allow you to cultivate that. Um, and what is required of you is to just show up and, and do the work and trust that like your system's got you, that your system is more intelligent than your conscious mind and it will give you exactly the experiences that you need and one of the beautiful metaphors that comes out of psycho cybernetics is um the sensing uh so like a torpedo using like sonar and radar and just these different ways of sensing its environment to get to its target or its destination. Uh, we have those same sorts of senses. And what's really powerful about a torpedo is like, it doesn't reach its destination or it's a few degrees off target until it reaches its destination. And that's how our own servo mechanisms work as well. Like, I don't know if you have an experience, I'm sure you do in your life where it seemed like things weren't coming together, but you kept taking steps. And it wasn't until the very last moment that like everything came together and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kind of where I sit right now. Like when we moved from Colorado, I was like devastated. We moved up here during COVID, like we're living on my parents' property. And it felt like I stopped coaching. I stopped my conscious champion group. Like everything kind of just fell. And then I was into real estate for a second. And then now here I am two years later, and I have this new perspective on my coaching business because I did real estate and we left Colorado and now we're in this house. So like, absolutely. And now I feel like everything is sort of, and even like fit for service in there too, is like, I'm becoming the person that and had we not left Colorado, what I was so devastated about, none of this would, would really be here. So uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't make sense until the very last moment. Um, and another big piece of psycho cybernetics is like, if you focus too much on the how, um, mm. it'll never work out. But if you simply focus on the what, so understanding what your destination is, where you want to go, uh, and then your why, so your intention for, uh, the thing that you're taking steps towards the, how will figure itself out as you start taking steps. Um, but I think most people become so asphyxiated on the, how that it actually slows them down or just completely halts them from taking steps at all, because it seems so overwhelming. Yes. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of two things. One, your manifesto story, because you weren't figured out how is all this, like, how is all this going to work? You just wrote it down, read it, and then it sort of manifested. Um, and then two, like, if we're so controlled on that, on the how it's not, uh, 
in alignment with like the masculine feminine balance. We sort of have to create the intention and then surrender up to the universe and how it's going to go. And if we try to control it, we're almost cutting ourselves off from the flow. And so many people try to control it and try to make it happen, especially, I see this a lot with bodybuilding. Um, people like can't wait to get lean or, or whatever it is. They can't wait to build muscle, but them grasping onto that or like them wanting to get their pro card, um, them grasping onto that actually halts all their progress instead of them just taking the steps to make it happen. Yeah, and uh, what comes up is just like progress over perfection. Mm, yeah because when you focus on like so much perfection even your body was doing it like with the grasping you become so white knuckled that like anything else that might serve you if it doesn't look like the thing that you think it's supposed to be you're not going to let go of that grasp to actually uh bring in the lesson or the medicine or the message that is the thing yes you're like closed off to it mm -hmm. mm. interesting Okay. Yes. So the universe will, will figure out the, how you just have to figure out what do you want? And sometimes that's a really hard question too, to, to ask and to answer is like, uh, that stumps me all the time. Actually, I'm getting more clear now, but that was a big one for me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so the universe gives you, I don't know. And then you just keep going around in the circle of, I don't know, until you figure out what it is that you want. And then things start to show up in your life. Yeah. And I feel like for those listening that may have a difficult time figuring out what it is that they want, you can just start to look at the things that bring you joy mm. and enliven you and bring more energy into your life. And even if that's not necessarily what feels like the full thing, it's a step in the right direction. Um, and to just continue to like take steps towards the things that bring you joy and make you feel enthusiastic about life and incite more passion and, and purpose will continue to bring more of those things to you. Yeah. Love attraction. One of my favorite quotes for people is, um, follow the good feeling. And when people don't know what to do and they don't know where they're at and they don't like their job, it's like, just follow what feels good. And like, how could that not lead you to, to a better outcome? So that's been one of my mantras is like, follow the good feeling. Yeah. 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 So, um, let me see if I'm looking at my notes. So we talked about your program. Is there anything else about psych psycho cybernetics we want to touch on? I just think it's so interesting and so helpful for anybody, no matter where they are. Yeah. So there's this one section in the book that I feel uh, if every single person in the world read it <laughs> and like really began to embody it, it would completely change the world and it would change people's perspective on getting older and age. Um, and it's called more years in your life, more life in your years. And the whole idea around that piece of psycho cybernetics is that we all have adaptive energy, life force energy. And the only way to like really accumulate more adaptive energy and more life force energy is to use our servo mechanisms that 
when you program it with a goal, a destination, a vision, it will accumulate more life force energy to bring to fruition that thing. And they see this a lot within people that get sick. The ones that end up healing the fastest are those that have a goal in mind that they want to go towards. And they have this mindset of like, I need to get the fuck out of here because I'm focused on that thing that I want to bring into fruition. And those that end up living some of the most fulfilling lives um, and long lives are those that end up setting goals and resetting goals over the course of their lives. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of those, for whatever reason, are like creatives and artists and, and people that bring to fruition new things into the world. So there's a lot of like life force, a lot of adaptive energy that's necessary to make those things happen. Whereas like, and there's this beautiful metaphor that they use within the book. And it's a, like a, a truck that stays in the garage needs no gas to move just like a human that has no goals set needs no life force energy to propel themselves forward. And I think another uh, good example is like those people that end up retiring from their work and their job, but in the process, they also end up retiring from their lives. And then like their health just goes onto a decline. Whereas like there's people that retire from their work and their job, and then they start to do new things, whether it's like travel or uh, pick up a new craft, start painting, whatever. Um, they end up seeming like a completely different person because now they're just fueled with all of this life force that they didn't have beforehand because, you know, maybe they got comfortable at their job or they were living it or like doing the same career for 25 years. And at some point um, you don't have to push yourself as much because you're kind of just running through the motions. But that's a really big piece that I think if more people paid attention to, uh, as long as they're setting goals and resetting their goals over the course of their lifetimes and taking steps towards that, then they will be filled with more than enough adaptive energy and life force energy to bring to fruition whatever they want in the world, like Picasso uh, and Michelangelo um, were fucking crushing it well into their 90s. Uh, there's this lady, Grandma Moses. She didn't start painting until she was 79, and she ended up being like a well-renowned painter. Um, and yeah, there's that's just one of of many. So if you're like in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, uh, I would even say in your 60s, you're so fucking young, and um, it's never too late to like learn anything that you want and uh this whole idea that the brain stops growing at 25 is a myth it's bullshit uh we've been fed a lie and um we know with neuroplasticity that the brain continues to evolve and grow and it just requires putting uh different types of stress onto the brain especially you stress which helps us grow and learn new things um, and the cognitive function between somebody that's 17 and 70 is not that different. So your brain will continue to work for you as long as you work for your brain. So, yeah, it's just a little piece of psycho cybernetics, uh, highly recommend everyone check it out.
it's a game changer. And I have a little question. So if people were feeling really doubtful, like really like they can't do this or that, or like they, all the fear and the doubt comes up in their head about setting goals and trying new things. Do you have anything for those people? Yeah. The first thing that comes to me that I do with my clients and I do pretty frequently with myself is uh, just like on the top of a piece of paper, um, writing like all the evidence that I have for being confident in myself, for believing in myself, for um, the times that I was able to do the thing, even though I felt doubtful. Mm -hmm. And then just like filling up that whole piece of paper, if not three pieces of paper with evidence for the contrary, contrary of whatever story I'm telling myself. Um, and then at that point, you know, like going through the exercise, rereading what I just wrote, I don't feel very doubtful afterwards. It's hard to. It's hard to, after you see all the stuff you've done, you're like, oh yeah, wait a minute. I am actually pretty capable Yeah. and able. Uh, that's really good. Cause it, and I, from what I've been learning from one of my other coach friends is like, we train certain things in our mind. So like we train doubt and we train confidence and it's by how we're thinking all the time about ourselves. And so in like anxiety, um, yeah. And peace, those are things that we can train versus, um, just letting our lives go unconsciously. And I think that we're always training something. So it's like being really, really aware of what we're training and looking at that piece of paper of all the stuff that you've done is training capability and ability and confidence and all of those things. So I think that's, thank you. That's a really helpful exercise. So people out there, if you're feeling doubtful, take out a piece of paper and write some stuff down about what you've done and then go after your goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You will always find the evidence for what you choose to believe. So good. Yeah. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. I love that one. Cause then you're like, damn it. <laughs> what have I been thinking? Oh, so good, Cam. Okay. Well, I guess we can just wrap it up. Is there anything else that you want to like touch on or say before we close it out here? Um, whatever limitations you've wrapped yourself into, and told yourself stories around this being who you are. It's not. They're just stories. And the truth of who you are actually exists behind the limitations and the walls that you've placed in front of yourself. And the work for you to sit with is really feeling into how limitless you are. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. Beautiful. Beautiful way to wrap it up. Thank you so much, my friend. And uh, where can people find you if they want to find out more about your course or more about you? Like, what's an easy way to get in touch? Yeah. So, um, a few methods. I feel like Instagram is probably the easiest. So that's slack cam Nelson. Um, my podcast is called Align to mastery. It's on all podcast streaming platforms. I also have a uh, Instagram page for that. It's the same thing, Align to mastery. 
I'll have a website up at some point pretty soon here, uh, probably within the next month or two. Uh, we're recording this in November. So yeah, have it done before February. And um, if you're curious about the Athletic Performance Accelerator, it's a 12-week long journey. And I'm in the process of calling in more clients. So if this calls out to you, I would love to hop on a call and you can just reach out to me on Instagram. I think that's easiest place for now. Mm, amazing. So Slack Kim Nelson and then Align to Mastery or the Align, the Align to Mastery on podcast. All right, Cam, thank you so much for everything, for your presence and, and, and your wisdom and your stories. You're so welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's beautiful. I love uh, having these conversations and feeling the medicine that comes up. So yeah, thanks again. Good. We'll have to do it again sometime. Deal. All right. Thanks everybody for listening and watching. Peace. Peace. <laughs>